What's up, witches? Welcome to another Witchy Wednesday. I'm Rachel LaForest. And I'm Leah Knauer, and you are listening to Basic Witches. And we've got another basic witch with us here today, Virginia Hillard. She's my amazing, hilarious, talented, funny, did I already say that? Smart (laughs) friend from childhood. And she joined us in the uh, virtual Zoomiverse for a talk all about radical reparenting Mm. and standing in your truth and standing up for what's right as a witch. Mm. Yes. It was an amazing conversation. I think you're all going to love it. Um, What I think you're also going to love is our hot new merch that we have. Um, If you want to buy some merch, there's like notebooks and shirts and a lot of amazing goodies for you. If you go to basicwitches.threadless.com or if you go to our Instagram at basicwitches, there's a link in the bio there. And we've totally revamped our Patreon. So if you've already been a patron, don't worry, you're good right where you're at. But for anyone interested or new to Patreon and joining, you are going to find some really fun new perks and tiers, including shout outs on the podcast. And... We've got our first shout out for our patron, Venus. So Venus, here comes your bonus card poll. Let's see what what she gets. Venus, number 39. Your card is, you can't find goodness because you lost your heart. Mm, This card is a reminder to get in touch with your inner child and like the love that we all have, which is so fitting for this episode you're about to listen to. Um, And you can't find goodness because you lost your heart. When we're feeling depressed or lethargic or like disconnected from our higher self, that's when we can't actually pay attention to the goodness around us. So this card is a reminder to also step into your gratitude and and let that light the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Get back into something joyful, something that makes your heart sing, Venus. So I hope that helped. And we're kind of taking a step into the past. We're going to be stepping inside the comedy store, our original home, um, for a very witchy Halloween special episode at 7 p.m., from the original, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 7 p.m. <laughs> Pacific from the original room in the comedy store. So be sure to check our Instagram for the link to the show. And it'll be live streaming. So you can join us if you're on the West Coast, East Coast, wherever. And you can ask questions and card pulls. Um, and hopefully we'll see some spookiness because it is Halloween. Oh, and costumes mm-hmm. are strongly encouraged. Oh, yeah, we're wearing <laughs> costumes. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun and yeah find the link in our bio and enjoy this amazing episode with virginia hillard who also wears a lot of costumes (laughs) we talked about that (laughs) um i love seeing your mom drink rachel i know like like she'll like pop up out of the window and she'll have like a glass of wine in her hand and she'll just be like laughing at herself (laughs) Yes, yes, it's so sweet. That is exactly it. She's so sweet. And she loves a sweet wine. Aww. She loves a sweet wine. I love it. I cannot do it. Well, so you two go back to when? Childhood. High school? Childhood. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. What's that like? Baby. Probably oh, man. Rachel was, like, was the cutest. Baby. Oh. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell we me were more. Like the only, yeah. You were the only baby that I was around. I think I was like, cause your mom ran the daycare that I went yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many kids. So many kids, the eight of her own, and then all the fosters, all the daycare, all the, um, she ran like a handy capable camp, um, for like people that are differently abled. There's mm. always kids everywhere. And Virginia became BFFs with my sister, Angie, who listeners have heard. Cute. Yeah, the pro witch and life coach. Yeah. And I have her name tattooed um, as a tramp stamp on me. So. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. That's amazing. Um, it was a good decision it made in my freshman year of college. <laughs> um, so Angie was over in France and she, she would call me at like random hours that didn't match up, but it was usually when I was like pretty hammered oh, no. um, and, and like, I forget, she was sad about something one night and I was like, I'm going to show Angie how much I love her and get her name tattooed on me. Oh. <laughs> and then I sent her a picture and she's like, why are you sending me a picture of my name in a tattoo? And I was like, it's on my body. <laughs> oh, I need to see a picture of this. <laughs> uh, it's a sad tribal. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but hey. BFFs and I, me and Virginia became really close too when I was young, when we were both young. Yeah, um, you were in high school. Yeah, I guess I guess I was in high school when we started hanging more, or middle school even. Yeah, you were um, like super excited to be a cheerleader and do yes. like dance <laughs> stuff. I remember like your love of cheer oh my god very vibrant oh my gosh I was so into it like once a performer always a performer yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. that is such a good point it was like a way to perform oh yeah I was a cheerleader too I get it it's it was the attention center mm-hmm. of a high school <laughs> mm-hmm. and then my, my new school that I went to in New York didn't have sports or cheerleading so that was mm. a big change for me because it was all artists. That sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was nice in a different way because it was. I got to do acting every day. Yeah, that's amazing. As part of school, I mean, it was really so cool. But actually, Virginia also left Avon Lake, the town we grew up in. She left mm. early, and I left early, and we both went to like specialized schools. Where did you go, Virginia? Uh, well, so my first specialized school was a very interesting fundamentalist um, Pentecostal school. Because <laughs> my parents are like, you need some Jesus, mm. um, which was not the best experience. But mm. I, like, I met a lot of cool people. That was, that was the big piece. And then I went to Oberlin, which is um, the high school, not the college, mm. and got to take college courses there and like see the the world of difference and like diversity, like getting did, out of did, the did very ex- whitewashed. About, yeah. Did that experience at the Pentecostal school, did that turn you away from religion or turn you off from yeah. it? hundred percent. Yeah. I, um, I'm an atheist, so I'm a declared mm. atheist. And, um, I think I, I had a lot of trauma that I later realized 
like I was mentioning, Rachel was actually a part of this thing called Trip to Hell. Oh so my they gosh. do it during yes. Halloween and it's like all of the sins in life. So the haunted walk. And, it's and in one the of them was in Ohio. Yeah. Wow. So freaky. And uh, Rachel, I think you did suicide, right? Yes. Wait, I, did, I did drug overdose, drug overdose. Wait, I what overdose. is this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, it was an acting yeah. opportunity. <laughs> I was uh. like, <laughs> Virginia was like, I can get you an acting gig in the woods. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for that. No, it was <laughs> honestly it was a drama. No, it was my first immersive theater experience. Like, but I did have to lay in an actual coffin. I had to lay in an actual coffin and get get taken out of the coffin by by um, Satan's uh, (gasps) demons, and they handcuffed me, and I had to cry and scream at the people attending my funeral because I had overdosed on drugs, and they were my friends, and they didn't look out for me. That shit is dark. Oh. Rachel and I have both worked at like Halloween type, like immersive stuff like that. And I, I worked specifically at the famous one, Hollywood, like Hayride and being around ghouls and goblins and zombies every day for like eight hours a time was, it was numbing past a certain point. It was, I got used to being around weirdos like that. Just blood and Did you ever have nightmares or stuff from that? Like, did it, or was it just... No, because I got so used to it. It was like, oh, just joking around with the guy with the axe in his head. Because he's just an (laughs) actor to me now. Well, this was like, yeah. So go on, Virginia, about... Because I know what you're going to talk about. Your scene was really fucked up. Mine was abortion. (gasps) And so... And I'm... So I'm such a pro-choice person, but I I was 16 at the time. And Mm. I really also wanted to act. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they put me on a gurney. And they put chicken livers with, like, red food coloring between my legs. And they had a fake doctor put, like, a vacuum cleaner to, like, mimic the noises. Yeah. And I would scream. And then at the end, I asked to see my baby. And they handed me a jar full of, like, fake um, doll parts. And, yeah. And then I just screamed, God, will you ever forgive me? Oh, oh sorry. I, I have to laugh because otherwise it's just so like <laughs> totally. I made, I made people throw up and oh. pass out. Like that was the one that like really got to people. Yeah, and I and it was like, like it was like on, one of like, the finale scenes. Ooh, yeah. Was that a process for you emotionally throughout that? Like, I don't know. I didn't realize like that. that at the time. It was mm-hmm. required by our Bible class. And so that was the thing is everyone had to participate in it. So it wasn't like a question of like, am I going to do this? It's just like, how excited am I going to get to like play a character? And I, I really liked doing the acting, but it didn't hit me until like a year after that, like how, how strange it was that I didn't, didn't realize the effect. Was it on religious? Me or other people. Like, was there religious undertones? Was it oh, propaganda? Not even fully religious. Oh, yeah. Full oh, on. okay. Yeah. But also it was like the best haunted house around because it was so extreme. Whoa. So the lines were like hours long and obviously like the church made money off of it because they're charging tickets and all the actors mm-hmm. are like volunteers and students um and uh at the end 
at the end. So you walk through the woods, through all these scenes, you see suicide, drug use, abortion, all the sins. And then at the end, you get to these three doors. And actually at the end, you go to hell. And hell is the actual, like the ultimate finale. And it's extremely scary. Like it was, they played music backwards, really, really loud with screeching sounds and people getting tortured. And like the devil was depicted as like a giant goat man who's like coming at you. And it's in a pitch black room with strobe lights, like very terrifying. And then you have to exit through one of three doors, heaven, question mark, or hell. Oh, and if you go through the question mark, they have counselors, Bible counselors, <gasps> with pamphlets for you. <laughs> what? It's so awkward. I had to do a counseling session one no time way. with this like really, really young girl. Oh no! And I was like, "So, do you believe in God? Like, what? What are your questions?" And she's like, "No, I just picked the wrong door." <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all say. Uh, <laughs> You're in purgatory. Uh, <laughs> Limbo. Wow. What an experience for both of you. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny. We're recording this in October, you know, tis the mm-hmm. season. Like I is, well, I guess this year, none of the haunted houses can happen, but do you know if that's yeah. still running Virginia? No, they were actually shut down um, <laughs> because of, of left-wing people that like thought it was... Because people would travel from all over the state and other yeah. places from different mm. Pentecostal churches to see it. And there was this like small documentary that was released about it oh, like to the oh different churches, gosh. like of how good it was. And then I think when the media caught wind, they were like, oh, wow, that's really messed up. Yeah. I think it was only a couple of years later that they... Stopped. I mean, it's the epitome of fear tactics as mm-hmm. used by the church. I mean, literally a haunted fear And tactic. exploiting Halloween at the same time. <laughs> yeah, leave it to us. Yeah. <laughs> Our holiday. <laughs> it's my it's favorite holiday. holiday. <laughs> oh, it's the yeah. best. Yeah, I think it's like a lot of people's favorite. It's so like... Yeah. It's generally kind of neutral because it doesn't, it doesn't have to go religious, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it's like the bipartisan yeah. holiday. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about, both of you, for spooky season? Oh, good question. I mean, it's all different this year. I know. Because it's, like, not really the activities. But mm-hmm. I did get to, like, paint pumpkins and make um, apple turnovers. That was cool. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, yum. Yeah. Yeah, it's like still summer in LA, so it doesn't really feel like October yet. Yeah. What about you, Virginia? Yeah. So I did get an invite from one of our neighbor kids. She's six years old, and she <laughs> hand wrote it. Um, and she's having a very small social distance party, and she knows how much I love to dress up. Um, so I'm known in town, in the very small town I live in. We're wearing a lot of wigs and costumes very randomly. Yes, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> so she's like, we need this clown lady <laughs> to come, come and entertain. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, because normally we go up to Portland. So we have friends that live up there that mm. Portland's such an interesting area because it, it feels like you're going to a college party, even though it's everyone that's in their like 30s and 40s. <laughs> and they have these like big ragers. 
And we call it Lady Day um, because um, my husband, Chris, and his best friend, Adam, love to dress up as women. Yes. (laughs) And it's like a very exhibitionist show. So, like, they get really into, like, the makeup and nailing. Like, we were the Golden Girls one year. Oh, my God, that's awesome. He studied it so hard to, like, nail Blanche. Yes. (laughs) Like, he just cared a lot about that character. I love a man that is not afraid to delve into femininity and sensuality. Same. Mm-hmm. And, and Leah, I don't know if you were at this show, but um, Virginia and her husband and all their friends dressed as old people, as really geriatric people. <laughs> that was her request for her birthday one year. And they came and they saw one of our musical improv shows as That's old my- people. Wait. One of ours? Yes. I don't, but that is incredible. Was yeah. I there? I can't remember. <laughs> Damn. I, I feel like you were. Just for funsies? For yeah. funsies, yeah. <laughs> well, mean, so <laughs> that was my plan was the geriatric bar crawl for my 30th birthday. Oh, my God. Um, because, like, I thought it would be really fun. And every bar that we went to, we were in, like, Los Feliz area. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened to be close to one of your shows. So I was like, hey, guys, let's just, like, pop over and see an improv show. <laughs> And to all the family in LA, they're like, okay, yeah, this one's, you know, like a normal LA night. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's awesome. I went to them, I went with them to a bar, and I was obviously the only young person in their crowd. <laughs> with all the oldies at the bar. <laughs> but like, Virginia- a lot of people asked us about like what we were doing and how they could join. Like they thought it was like a theater troupe or something. And by the end of the night, I was so drunk that I was like, yeah, it's just like a group of people that get together and dress up as old people and have sex. And one lady was like, I should give you my card. Oh my God. I mean, in Hollyweird, like all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, Virginia's been like dressing up since we were little. Me too. We, like our town was so kind of boring that we had to make the fun. And like, I learned that from you, I think, Virginia, we would just like go buy um, like giant granny panties and put them on over our clothes and ride our bikes to <laughs> Blockbuster, like just to have something fun about it. Oh my God. I so relate to this. I used to dress up as a character named Lily and my friends would follow me and we would like prank people and I would just yeah. be a crazy person in the mall. Ah. <laughs> you shake do you up. ever channel lily anymore i do sometimes she comes out because there's a certain facial expression that she has and when it happens it's like oh my god lily she's back oh. 10 years whoa have i ever long met time i don't think i don't think you've met her rachel oh, whoa <laughs> <laughs> the secret it. side of me <laughs> yeah but like back to what you were mentioning earlier, Virginia, with like, we both, we both um, left this whitewashed suburb Mm -hmm. early because we both felt this like craving for like switch in scenery. Like we felt like we were Truman show. Yeah. It it was one of those things where it felt like there had to be more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're like, maybe if I just get out and see the world, but like, how do you do that as a high schooler? Yeah. (laughs) You kind of have to like make it happen. But Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so much like LGBT community too. Like that was 
like a big thing for me is knowing mm-hmm. like, oh, like people aren't like hating on people because mm-hmm. of like, like there was like one gay kid in our, our class and like mm. he had such a hard time. And I'm like, man, I wish he could like be in a class full of people who like all accepted him and loved him instead of being the jocks yeah. and the Well, you know, and the stereotypically thing. or like statistically rather speaking, there was more gay people than that. They were right. just probably in the closet. Not out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize I was queer, even though I was already having experiences with girls at that age. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really realize because I'm sure it was so drilled in that you can't like where we mm-hmm. grew up and with religion, like no, you can't be that. So, and maybe when you're young, it's like you're just curious about everything, so it doesn't feel like you're queer. It just feels like you're going through puberty or you're mm-hmm. experimenting. Mm-hmm. So many emotions, mm-hmm. <laughs> hormones. It's so hard to navigate. I'm so happy I'm no longer going through puberty. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. Uh, would there be an age you guys would go back to if you could, or you no, like at the age? No, yeah. No, no, like say, <laughs> like yeah. I feel like I've only gotten better. Yeah, better at handling my shit. Well, so I'm curious, Virginia, when um when you realized that you were atheist or what what you believe now. Yeah, so I I didn't really get into too much religion stuff after I left that school, and my parents happened to work at a church, um, a different church, not the Pentecostal one. And so I spent a lot of time like working with them, like as like summer jobs and stuff. And I wanted to do some like reading on atheism. So I read The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. And after that, I was like, oh man, like I've always wondered like what I think and how it like would be presented in the world and no one ever presented atheism to me. Mm. It was always just like different religions that you could explore. Mm. And so when I read that book, I was like, yeah, I think this is me. Like there's, and then I started reading Christopher Hitchens and some other like well-known atheist writers. And it it just centers around compassion. Like that was Mm. the big thing to me is like, I want to love people and be loved and, have that connection, which I think is a lot of what like communities are in churches mm-hmm. with God and all that. But I, um, yeah, I just thought like I can be a compassionate person. The UK is much more um, atheist driven. Like they have camps, so they don't send kids to religious camps. They just send them to atheist camps, <laughs> and they do wow. like all the yeah stuff with that and I was like whoa like I would love to if I have kids send them to that type of camp and yeah you know give them that option yeah and then that just reminded me because I was thinking about your parents and um actually tomorrow is indigenous people day Mm. and it is thank you for remembering (laughs) yes and so happy indigenous people day to you and your fam um and I know your dad is Crow Native American, right? Crow? He is, yeah. It's okay. Crow tribe. Cool. And so he grew up on the reservation in Montana. That's where all of um, his side of the family lives. Yeah. And most of them grew up on the reservation or just right outside. So they're still like in, in it. Yeah. It's a very interesting place. Which is, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a reservation before. No. no, I mean, I just have the stories from you going there, growing up, visiting your family, but I never What is went. it like? 
it's it's so different. Like um, the first thing that I learned as a kid is that um, you don't have to have any driver's license yes, to drive on the reservation. Oh. And so you would always see younger kids that would be <laughs> driving these like big trucks, like kids my age, maybe at the time, like 11 or 12. Oh my God. Driving these big trucks with their parents in the back. And, um, a lot of times possibly drunk, <laughs> like, and it was such a small place that like, and it was also a dry reservation. So they weren't allowed to sell or have alcohol on the reservation, oh. which I think only made it more Worse. exciting, exhilarating, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to like bring stuff onto the reservation and make your own like hooch and stuff. Wow. How many mm-hmm. people live on this reservation? I I would give a bad estimate. I would think it would be a couple thousand. Um, but wow. it's like everyone has kind of the same home because they're um, government maintained essentially. So they get like what's called per capita if you're a registered member of the tribe. And so you get paid. Um, and a lot of times that money um, like goes to the basics of things and it's not a lot. And so things just aren't upkept. So it kind of feels like not a ghost town, but like a, you can tell that people haven't been able to maintain mm. everything very easily. Mm. Oh so, yeah. It's, it's, it's a sad place. It's also like they do Crow Fair, which is um, the largest uh, installment of teepees that are maintained. So they're known mm. for those and keeping their language. And so they do powwows and all that stuff is like so beautiful Mm-hmm. Um, and try to like get the government to recognize a lot of things that are happening there with like drug use and other mm-hmm. things. So like mm-hmm. there's, you have to take the good with the bad, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. That fucked up history of what mm-hmm. happened to your people. And I'm so fucking sad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, forgotten. That's people are forgotten there. Yeah. Mm. Oh. And then technically the, isn't the reservation its own like country or isn't there something where they're, they're not exactly like part of. Yeah. Right. It's not the same policing. So like they have their own group of people. So it's similar to like, if someone like did a crime in the U S and they left and there was like, rules whether or not like they bring them back I forget what that's called oh it's called (laughs) oh oh, I know the word it'll come to me (laughs) yeah um extradition they have their own police extradition yeah that's right um but they have their own police that like do like manage all the stuff on the reservation so they essentially kind of create their own laws Mm -hmm. um and it, it may be different per reservation too but I know that like they, they don't really interact with like local government outside yeah. of the res. And wow. I, I remember growing up, like your dad had re- what I thought were really cool, um, like I guess relics and representations mm. of crow like tribe things. Like um, I remember some sort of like horns on the wall and feathers and like cool blankets and things that I was like, it was always so beautiful to me, mm. your house and seeing that. Yeah. He he and his brother ran this company um, called Crow Agency 
Oh boy, <laughs> something. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was Little Bighorn, Little Bighorn Incorporated, and they would um, make teepee lamps, mm. and they would put like wagon wheels, clocks together, right. and wow. they would buffalo heads. They would get like mold skulls um, to look like the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a it was a lot of stuff. Some of it was like um, stuff that was passed down. So my grandmother did beading. So a lot of the beading stuff is like the family heirlooms. And then the rest is, um, I think, just to make money. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. Well, um, has it ever come up for you? Well, I'm sure it has. Because if somebody looked at you, they would not be like, you're Crow Native American. Mm. Um, because, you know, you're white passing or you are white. I, I guess, would you say that you're white? I'm definitely white. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm the whitest of whites. Like I have like Norwegian and Italian Sicilian, um, in my blood, but, um, yeah, there's a weird, um, a thing on the reservation too. Cause, um, the, my dad and brother who grew up or his brother that grew up there, um, they were one of the only white families on the reservation. Mm-hmm. And so they stayed there cause I wanted to like still be a part of the culture, um, but there's um, a very like um, large line <laughs> that's kind of drawn um, because it's you know the white man is the person who you know mm. took over their land and did yeah. the things to them and so there's quite a bit of animosity and um, mm. as a child I I got to dance in a powwow and I was the only little white girl. <laughs> um, what is a powwow? So they do different types of dances and drumming. Um, So they'll have like the different groups do dances and the children, there's like ones that like enter men into society. So like Mm -hmm. to say that they become men Mm -hmm. and then um, the little kids just like learn a dance and they dance around in a circle. (laughs) It's like a very large rodeo circle. Cool. And so my mom braided my hair and made me a dress that had like elk teeth on it. Um, So it's really beautiful the way that they, want to use all the different sounds mm-hmm. to mean something. Mm-hmm. And so like the more teeth you have is the older you are. And so you get, you know, different things put onto your um, dress or attire, like bells and stuff. And, wow. and it's, yeah, it's really, really neat. Um, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't really know how to fit in mm. to that because I also felt like it, <laughs> There's that appropriation piece where it's like, am I appropriating because I'm not mm-hmm. actively living there and participating in the culture, mm-hmm. which I think about a lot now where I'm like, I'm wearing a robe that's from, you know, China. Does that mean that, mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that okay? Um, maybe overthinking, but Well, yeah. it's better to, I mean, rather you overthink than mm-hmm. underthink on that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do you practice any crow ritual of your own? No, I don't. Um, but it was cool at my wedding. My friends um, found a crow prayer that they oh. read. Um, so they, yeah, found an Indian prayer. And um, that was really nice. Like, it was nice That's to so hear thoughtful. that and have that, yeah, tied yeah, into it. I love that. Um, but, yeah, I don't really, like, I do a lot of smudging because I like to get that energy out mm-hmm. of... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I'll, I'll chant some things, but nothing specific to the, the tribe. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you recognize as a witch 
at all? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How so? Is that allowed, atheist witch? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Totally, because I think witch is like believing in yourself, and you could be an atheist and believe in yourself. And you can be a Christian witch. Like, you can be whatever kind of witch, I think. That's good to know. Yeah, I... I think as, as someone who like really, like, I, I think women are so powerful <laughs> and like, there's something that's so safe and like guarding yourself and also taking care of those around you that I think, like, I don't know if we, I'd call, I'd call it feminism, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I have that affinity and I've been getting into it more where I'm like, yeah, all the things that like the earth and mm-hmm. like positive, like intentions and manifestations and all those things helped me a lot Mm -hmm. I think I remember making your your art and you're a Scorpio right or you were an earth sign Pisces Pisces, the water yeah tour any Taurus Uh, or all Pisces I it's almost all Pisces with some Scorpio in there okay Mm -hmm. I thought yeah I did the full yeah. So, and I definitely am a Pisces. I don't know mm. for shout out to all the Pisces out there, but like I'm head in the clouds dreaming all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a Pisces moon girl. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. What does that what is, mean for the moon? Like w- um, with it's Pisces? My, my emotions. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your moon is like your emotional body, mm-hmm. your moon sign, your internal, internal world. Uh. <laughs> when you say you're you're a full-on Pisces what does that mean to you besides head in the clouds yeah well so like my affinity towards water is really important uh-huh. like I I listen to wave sounds when I go to sleep every night oh, I love and, it I, like, love <laughs> I just want to be by the ocean like I'm 10 minutes from the Pacific Coastal Highway where uh-huh. I am and like it's so nice to be close to any form of water and mm-hmm feel that like power <laughs> oh, power that, that I yeah and that cleansing for me as a Scorpio also a water sign to me it's mm-hmm. like the water is the death and rebirth mm-hmm. as I experience like my it's like my cleanser literally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you guys get out to the ocean where you are sometimes I, yeah the I beach. prioritize it a lot, a lot, especially for my like self-care, it really does calm me mm-hmm. just to get, I think because it's so big, like to actually go to the ocean where there's like, it, you can't see an end to it. Mm-hmm. And you realize how small you are. Yeah. It's actually, um, grounding mm-hmm. brings me back to earth. And I tend to like see dolphins and I know, you know, it's the Pacific Ocean. There's, I swear, they come out for me. (laughs) You're calling them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good dolphin. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Wait, I think she was talking to meh. Oh, which dolphin noises were you complimenting? <laughs> oh, both. I meant both. both. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good cover. I can't see you, so I, I don't know who I know. <laughs> we both did it. That's true. That's true. Um, did you ever do, like, I can't remember when, 
when we'd have sleepovers and stuff. But did you ever do like um, witchy stuff as a kid, Virginia? Like light as a feather or... Mm. All the time. I was obsessed with that. But like to the point that like the like three or four friends that Angie and I had, we were a small bunch of ladies. Um, (laughs) I would try to convince them to do it so often that they were like, not again. Like I already know we can lift you up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Uh, your basement is so spooky. It was so scary. Did anything happen in there? Scary. Um, well, my haunted my, houses. Yeah, what? we would set up like haunted houses down there and freak each other out. Oh shit! But also, like my siblings would lock me down there when I was oh. really little, and I'd obviously just be so scared. That's oh, terrifying. I was a part of that. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't hold a grudge for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why we thought like sibling torture was funny at the time like the things that like <laughs> they don't teach you until you're an adult we're yeah. like oh she's crying she's fine I know she's still alive well I'm seeing it with my little niece and nephew here that are that are four and three mm. and they're so competitive and like the older one is mean to the younger one and makes him cry and it's Aww. just how it is I think with kids yeah yeah. But then again, sucks. like that's what coming back to the white man. <laughs> I mean, that's what the patriarchy does. That's what the oppressor does. Mm. Like makes you cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe they don't all grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Like but we as a collective need to grow up and grow out of that. I mean, yeah. I, I <clears throat> want us to. Yeah, I think it's happening. I Do you feel mean, like it's happening where you are, Virginia, in a mountain town? Um, the mountain town that we live in is kind of different. It's um, it's like where all the hippies kind of moved to back when they were doing like the electric Kool Aid acid trip and stuff. Whoa. And Ken Kesey lived here, so it was a lot of that. a lot mm. of hippies that came and stayed. So he wrote um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, ah. Yeah, and um, he was a part of, like, the making of the movie, and he's just an interesting character. Mm -hmm. Um, He passed away, but yeah, it was um, a place where they would come and do these parties, and they would paint rocks and do, like, everyone would take acid and go into the woods and the mountains (gasps) and search until they found the different colors, and um, (gasps) yeah, it's a a very interesting place. It's also kind of conservative. Mm -hmm. And there is a very dominant role of men here, Mm -hmm. like as like the homesteaders and the ranchers Mm -hmm. and the people who run the vineyards. It's um, more traditional than I would like, Um, but the the hippie part of it balances it out for me. But I I don't see it as much here. I think because we're so close to San Francisco, Mm. there is, there is that gain that's like, it's a very liberal area, but Mm -hmm. I think the tech tech world is, like women don't get to thrive as nearly as much in tech so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you know in people of color too because it's mm-hmm. there's uh the line of um like where people can live like Paul Walter is one of the most expensive places and yep. so like you don't really see a lot of like black people or brown people unless they're working like outside of that area, which was a kind of a weird shock when I first started mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. 
And because it's Silicon Valley and like, um, I was just going to say you hosted and, and put on the first ever like queer pride parade in your town, right? I did. I'm yeah. So it was kind of awesome. a dream of mine. And Whoa. we got a lot of, we got a lot of slack online um, from like people who um, were religious and stuff, mm-hmm. which I think is expected, mm-hmm. but the turnout was amazing. And we also incorporated like a Black Lives Matter march. And so mm-hmm. a lot of younger kids came out as well as like the horses, so it's a horse town. Oh. And people painted rainbows all over their horses. Oh. And it was just like the most beautiful, socially distanced, like, you know, 20 minute walk from the store to the pond. Oh. And yeah, it just felt so good to I know mean, that there were that many like allies and people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's a witch. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leader, a rebel, not afraid to speak her mind, mm-hmm. do what's right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Some of the best memories I have are at like a pride parade or a women's march or something where people are all gathering for one big reason that like means a lot. There's just so much joy and love there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that energy. Like it kind of carries you through things sometimes when you yes. think about it. Yes. Cause you know, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And you have that, like you're on a vibrating on a different level for maybe like two weeks after that. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm recording from behind enemy lines here, you guys. <laughs> Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm oh, in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, in Ohio. Oh yeah, in Ohio Ooh. and the trenches. <laughs> I'm in the trenches, and never growing up did I see. I mean, the good thing is mm. people are putting out signs, which which says that they're paying attention and they're and they're voting. I think you know if they're going mm. to the effort of the signs, but it's scary seeing. Like I will say, the the bigger signs that literally in size are mm. the um, Trump signs, and a lot of signs that say "Women for Trump," mm. and it's really scary. And to me, it's like if you have to point out that you're women for mm-hmm. someone, you're, you have to call that out because that person doesn't stand for women. So you're clarifying, mm-hmm. I'm actually a woman who actually stands for this. Wow. Um, I'm just oh, so yeah. tempted to burn it all down. But then it's like most of them have guns here. Most of mm-hmm. them have guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is tough. Like I've been riding a bike and I did kick one. <laughs> Damn. Like I caused damage, but like I had to kick one. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's like, um, I would say it's kind of checkerboard here, like kind of purple mm-hmm. where, you know, one town is a bunch of Biden and then another town is a bunch mm-hmm. of Trump and it's just so mixed here. Mm-hmm. That's the swing. It's mm-hmm. a I know it makes me yeah. like, I used to be able to do absentee ballot in Ohio um, when I was just going to high school in New York and I, I turned 18 my senior year and I could, I did absentee and I was able to vote back in Ohio, but um, you know, now I'm California. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can't really help that much. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, Virginia, what do you think about like witchcraft and politics and atheism and politics? Mm. Um, so I think that politicians should be atheists. <laughs> 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 I like that. I mean, 
as the separation of church and state. Yeah, um, which doesn't like, exist, but so they many think it things does. That surround us, like our money, our tender, our, like the like when we say like thoughts and prayers a part of me gets angry because I'm like no don't give thoughts and prayers like do something your thoughts and prayers (laughs) aren't working they haven't been working we need more we need money and resources and help yeah I think if there's a way to keep that out because like now with the supreme court you know confirmation coming up and you know roe v wade being on that list Mm -hmm. for a lot of people It's like they're kind of one-choice voters where they want, you know, for so long people have wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Okay, I have to tell you you guys, (laughs) we finished your sentence. Oh, yeah. Um, I I just think that there's, like, that's all religion. It's religion Mm -hmm. telling people that they need to do it to, like, you know, get into heaven maybe or to, like, save lives and stuff. And I think that that gets too complicated when you believe in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tell you both. My mom sent me a picture of her new granddaughter, my first niece. And oh. I said, yeah, she's really cute. I said back, she's cute. Are you voting to protect her rights? <laughs> Good. <laughs> she said she is, she is. I think my mom is on the right side. Um, but it's like, yeah, all, all that baby is going to be a woman in this world. So don't send me pictures of that baby girl and, and act like you care about her if, if you're going to vote for Trump this year, cause that's not caring about her. Right. Right. I know a lot of people doing that with their family, Rachel, you, I like, I know we've talked about it, but like there, there are always people that you like it use all of your might to sway them if you can. <laughs> I am working on it. Actively mm-hmm. working on it. Oh, it's so crazy. But some people don't want to change their minds and it's really hard to accept that as well. Well, that, well that's exactly what I was saying about like women for Trump. It's like, how? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. When I'm text banking for Biden, I'll get some really aggressive answers back sometimes and I've learned when to set a boundary basically of like okay this person's a lost cause like they're just typing in all caps MAGA to me and it's just like I can't have a civilized conversation with you anyway so I'm gonna move on and you're just I don't know that I can't control but I have like almost swayed or like had really great converse like calm respectful conversations with some That's people good. who were truly undecided and it was like yeah it felt really good, good. maybe making a difference <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's I'm, a huge difference yeah yeah I mean I'm also working on well so um this has really been an amazing amazing trip home mm. um, because I've got to have some really good one-on-one time with my mom who mm. um both my parents after years of being conservative only because like Virginia said, one choice voting just because the conservative side is pro life is the Mm -hmm. only reason like they would continue to stick with the conservative side. Um, But they've now switched and registered Democrat. And um, even with all their religious beliefs, they see that, that for humanity, like that's, that's saving more people overall um, to go Mm -hmm. that way. And um, 
I've had these one-on-one moments with her and we were finally, as I'm about to be 30 years old, Mm -hmm. we were finally able to talk about um, like sex education because where Virginia and I grew up, we had abstinence only training. We didn't learn how to put on condoms. We didn't learn about birth control, um, nothing, just fear tactics in health class, in public school, you know, just Mm -hmm. abstinence only. Um, And my mom actually revealed to me that she used to be part of a pro-life group and she, I don't think you know this, Virginia, but she used to go to high schools and give presentations showing gory pictures of abortions and basically fear tacticking, (laughs) um, um, abstinence and like anti-abortion. But she- When you were a kid? I guess when I was really little, yeah. Because I never knew about this until literally this trip. Um, Wow. But she, it's amazing because she says, I was wrong. And she says, Mm -hmm. I would never do that again. And I now know. And I was like, mom, I wouldn't hold that against you because what education were you given? Mm -hmm. She was raised by immigrants from a conservative country that sent her to Catholic Mm -hmm. school. So she had, and she said a zero. She said, I've never had a sex ed class in my life. Mm -hmm. And and usually this fear, like racism and gender sex issues, it, it all is instilled in fear and ignorance. Mm-hmm. And like lack of, lack of a broader education. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, you know, what I really admire about you is that you could say that you regret that and you're doing it mm-hmm. different now. And you're, she's being brave and putting Biden signs in her uh, yard or, where all the neighbors are Trump signs. And mm-hmm. um, she's trying to do it with a smile on waving at her neighbors to specifically show them that she's nice. Like she wants to show them I'm nice <laughs> and wow. I'm voting blue. Um to try to That's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, because to me, the blue vote is the nice vote. <laughs> no, but you know, she's in she's in like Trump country over here. Um, but that's, I'm so proud of your mom. Like, yeah, that's, that's huge. Like, it, like to see that. Like I was talking about, like evolution of people. It's like mm-hmm. once you can see, like, oh, I you know maybe made the wrong decision at that time, or mm-hmm. now I know, and like using yeah. all of your time and effort to like really do what you can to help like that girl who went through the question mark door she was like no I just chose the wrong door (laughs) the wrong door (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of that because and honestly I've been telling people like I'm I'm watching and waiting for for myself to get a some critique online because what I hope to do is is listen if it if it actually is constructive critique like if I overstepped or I said something that was Mm. offensive or something like um, to any class of people, I would want to be an example of a white person saying I'm wrong and I admit mm-hmm. it and I'm listening and I'm going to change it. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. have my ego stop me from doing that. Mm-hmm. Like we need more, we need more people to speak up and speak out and not be afraid to say they were wrong in doing mm-hmm. so and try something else. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people like vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Very vulnerable. A lot of people will do it and then just, Oh, delete the post and not say anything. Mm. No, it's like they won't admit that they were wrong or offensive or (sighs) so I'm really proud of her and it's it's been monumental like I mean if you guys if you guys saw the house you know Virginia knows growing up but we had Jesus painted on the wall life-size we had bible quotes painted on the walls everywhere (laughs) like for this woman to be like this changed is amazing Mm -hmm. and what do you think the trick was just you talking to her about it so much 
yeah, I think it's been years of work, years of (sighs) conversations, years of hard talks, years of Mm. not, not um, letting things slide. I don't let things slide with them. Mm. They say something, I catch it and I I talk about it and I'm kind of one of the main people in my, in my family who does that. Um, I I believe that. Yeah. Being the, being the youngest and sort of black sheep in many ways and living so far away most of the time has given me like the outsider perspective. I relate to that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think we're both like that. Yeah. Do you think it's the youngest child thing? I think yeah. it is. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we see we see all the patterns that were like already set and question them. Like, why are you all doing it like that? Or like yeah. you see through the bullshit, I think. Yep, I agree. And the parents like loosen up by the end. So they'll they'll kind of tell you things that maybe they regret or were feeling at a certain time. Yeah, yeah. you get a, a later perspective on your parents' life. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And Virginia is an only child, but she's one of my siblings. I mean, we grew up oh. completely together. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, she has Angie's name tatted on her. <laughs> yeah, brand. I'm branded. Yeah. like the next Sam girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. It truly is the season of the witch. And this rich witch has a new ritual. Ha! Ritual. Didn't even realize that. (laughs) New ritual candle from Spellbinding. And I am loving it. I've been taking baths and watching the candle just dance and imagining myself being flooded with money. Mm-hmm. And ah, this rich witch um, has a moon goddess candle from Spellbinding that I've been using in my like lunar baths. So I've been saving this candle specifically for like intention baths and it's uh, totally sets the mood. And then I've also got the money bags ritual oil and you guys, mm. I love it. It's created just... Um, you know, a new little ritual for me to roll it on whenever I'm working on projects, like building, building things for, for basic witches or for my own stuff. Um, and it creates like an intention just by rolling it on and it smells great. Mm. So if you're looking <laughs> yeah. for intentional products that are handcrafted with quality, then you got to check out Spellbinding. That's why they were created. They've got ritual candles, teas, smudges, sprays, and more. So go to shopspellbinding.com and get 40% off with with the offer code WITCHES at checkout. That's shopspellbinding.com with the offer code WITCHES to get 40% off. So you'll hear a lot about therapy this episode, you guys, and some therapeutic practices and maybe even therapy with your parents. Um, But if you want therapy for yourself, then you've got to go to BetterHelp. They are the original and the trusted established online source for therapy. This is even pre-pandemic, okay? They had the virtual thing figured out before any of us. (laughs) Yeah, they're so awesome and therapy is so important. So if you want 10% off your first month with BetterHelp, all you have to do is use the code BASICWITCHES at checkout at betterhelp.com slash basicwitches. 
betterhelp.com slash basic witches. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. They've got therapists in every time zone, in every country. So you can get connected with the licensed therapist that is the right fit for you. And it's more affordable than traditional old timey in-person therapy. So be sure to check out betterhelp.com slash basic witches. Now we better get back to this helpful episode. Um, so um, I do have a funny story really quick. Um, yeah. You were talking about sex ed, Rachel. And um, so Angie, uh, Rachel's sister, and I used to like search through my parents' house. And um, because we didn't have sex ed stuff, like maybe we were pretty young, but I found a box of my dad's condoms and I was like, oh yeah, I know what these are used for. And so I opened one up and I blew into it and I assumed for some reason I made up in my head that they were for asthma from my mom. What? Oh, and so I told Angie that. And so we were like, we're both blowing into this condom. We had like spermicide, like oily spermicide all around our mouth. And my dad like walks into like us, like, like in the room with like condoms, like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, oh, sorry, mom will be mad because like we're using her asthma medicine. He never corrected me. Oh my God. (laughs) He's just like, clean it up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, that's Uh, why we need sex education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is abortion rates go down when you have sex education because you're less unwanted pregnancies so it's like Mm -hmm. actually that's the right way to go about it if you're someone who even is pro-life like Mm -hmm. education is the way Mm -hmm. there's less crime democratic ticket because there's more resources and more um you know just more provided for people Mm. i recently found that out less what on the abortions Mm. yes that's right during democratic terms yeah yeah Yep. That's really interesting. Yeah. Did they say why? Like, is it because of the, there's the type more of resources? Or? It's less like less a judgmental system, you know, I, there's more eloquent answers than what I'm giving right now, but, but I know that it's true. Mm. I was just listening to Amy Schumer's um, book, the girl with the lower back tattoo. Mm. on audiobook that's Mm -hmm. funny (laughs) yeah and she um she was talking about um like women's rights and the things that are like really important and she got a chance after I don't know if you guys remember that shooting that happened at the oh yeah uh, train wreck movie Mm -hmm. yeah Denver right she got yeah or I think it was Lafayette maybe Mm. Louisiana oh yeah oof and she um, got really involved with the, a group called, I think it's New, New Town or Our mm-hmm. Town. Every, and it's every like town, for, I think. Yeah, every town. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but she talked about how she got to meet the president because it was all these people from like different places that um, had been affected by gun violence. Mm-hmm. And when she was talking about the president and doing impressions, like I almost cried mm-hmm. because I'm like, I miss Obama. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. miss like that oh, yeah. sense so much of like feeling like someone's fighting for me and yeah. people yep. and yeah. just like oh I sunk a little bit yeah oh. I know 
I'm a little anxious leading up to the election, but I'm trying to stay hopeful and positive. Yeah, I'm trying to um, see things from a bird's eye view and remember that I think everything shakes out the way it's going to, like, mm. and that we it's kind of like a wait and see what happens and then react. And that um, I, I actually was asking my mom a really interesting question. Like, um, she's 65 and I'm going to be 30. And I was asking, like, how much of the, like, how much change have you seen in the world since you were little? Because she was like a little preteen when JFK mm. was shot and civil rights, a lot of civil rights movement, um, you know, Selma mm -hmm. happening in the late sixties. Um, and I was kind of asking like, how much do you think I'll see in my lifetime? Because mm -hmm. I worry that I won't see enough change. Do you guys feel like that? Well, haven't you already seen a lot between nine 11 and then COVID? Those are like two huge. Well, I mean, positive change. Oh, <laughs> I think it's slow. Like that's yeah. the thing that I have to keep being reminded of mm -hmm. is that like uh, but you also have to be so tuned in and I think that's the thing is like if you're engaged and seeing like all the laws that come out of a presidency or you know through your local government like that there is change but like overall change like for civil rights like yeah. that's that's the huge one it's like we've known about this for a long time mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like it's not like we just woke up after someone was in multiple people were killed and was like, okay, no more. It's, mm -hmm. it's been going on, but you know, people are paying well, attention more now. Yeah. Gay marriage is still a relatively new thing. Like that's something that we've seen and the legalization of marijuana. Those are two good, big changes. Yeah. But I mean, it's not even legal yeah. federally yet, but yeah, but it's progress. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Well, what we kind of came to was that it there was more change from like her childhood to the to the like late like mid seventies than there has mm. been from like the eighties to now. Like it slowed. Oh, um, like maybe progress, like topped off, like tapped off a little bit. Yeah, like when needed to cool down a little bit. Because if you think about like going from now to nineteen ninety when I was born. It doesn't look that different. But if you think about going from like the 70s to the 50s, it looks different. Oof. You know, if you it were different, it's like segregation, um, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there was a, some bigger pushes and some bigger progress and then it plateaued. And then like, obviously, yeah, I'm eager. I'm mm. having trouble with patience for sure. Mm -hmm. I want to see bigger, better change in my mm -hmm. lifetime. Do you think that involves yeah. people being radical? I mm. do. I think it involves, I think it requires like radical um, leaders and figureheads mm. to like lead charges because we're so scattered in my opinion. Like mm. I feel really connected to Joan of Arc and like I, I always have. And um, I feel like some of her in me where I'm like, I want to be leading this like, army even though of course I don't want to have to use violence but actually mm. I do think that like our side needs more violence in order to like have real change and then also sometimes it's circular thinking and I come back and I'm like oh it doesn't really ever change it's just 
you know, now mm. is pretty similar to medieval times too. Like mm. it's not that different. It hasn't, humanity will maybe never fully change that much. So I don't know. What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, that was heavy. That was a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome to a double Scorpio every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different like philosophies. Like my mm-hmm. husband, he went to college for philosophy, so he could actually tell you the names of people. But there's like, you know, like nothing's going to change or like everything's always going to be the same or it's predetermined or things, things like that, where I'm like, I have to have hope. Like that's the thing that I can't like stop is knowing that there's going to be something better. But the, something I watched last night was a a movie about the women's liberation movement Mm -hmm. and them taking over the Miss World pageant. Have you guys heard about that? which, Which movie is this? I think it's called Miss Education. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And they um, all get tickets to the pageant and they like <laughs> throw these like large like bags of flour and like have fake like water guns, like <laughs> guns that they're like trying to like scare Bob the Hope. And it's like <laughs> that radicalization is so like, mm-hmm. like they, you know, went to, to jail for a night and got released and then they, you know, they were prosecuted. But at the same time, it's like, people were really like fighting, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they, they had the rights that they wanted to push for. And I think that there's so many things going on that I don't know if we have enough people to like, say like, this is what we want and, and go after it. And so like, when you, when you talk about that, Rachel, like I, I'm always curious about how radical we would have to be. And Mm. like, would we have a revolution of sorts? Mm. I don't necessarily like violence, um, but I also understand that like Stonewall and a lot of civil rights stuff has happened because of violence, because the quote white man in charge was not listening. Um, But it it feels like our country for the last four years has been like um, our babysitter just left us for the past four years. Mm. Like we've just been unsupervised because we don't actually have a leader. And so the United States is not united at all. And we just need some sort of figure, someone to like, I guess, yeah, quote, radicalize the people and all get together for one unified um, mission, which yeah. is us all living good, the good lives that we deserve, that we all deserve just by being alive and, and living in this country and living wherever you live. Yeah. I feel like it's also going to be hard to get there with, with capitalism. I mean, like with Mm. money involved, it's just the great separator. And Mm. how do we get unified when money divides people where, where, how do we have people living on the streets? How do like Mm. every day I think about that, how, how, how in this Mm. abundant world, in this world full of so much materialistic things and goods that we could literally stop producing right now and have enough to go around. How do we have people living on the streets and mm-hmm. people living in mansions like <laughs> and they also have bunkers in New Zealand. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how we get to this change without a huge change in the money system. Mm-hmm. I actually was on Skid Row today passing out water water bottles and sandwiches to the homeless and 
Skid Row was bad before and it, it has gotten like so many more people and it's heartbreaking. And there's so many people that are so kind and so grateful for any help that they get. And, um, Today I saw a woman in a wheelchair bathing herself with a fire hydrant that was like broken and all the water was just spraying and I'm watching her, her bathe. And I was just, it made me so, so grateful for everything I have. When you see that and you see how they still have a good attitude, it's like inspiring and heartbreaking. And yeah, I don't understand how our country is just chill with that. It's like I said, the great separator. I mean, the people don't, especially people not in cities who don't have, mm-hmm. they don't see it and they don't choose mm-hmm. to see it. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think, Virginia? Yeah, yeah. I was just in LA. Um, I spent um, about a week there. I, um, Rachel, I didn't tell you this. I ended up staying in LA on Sunday. Oh, oh my gosh, I love <laughs> um, it. For even longer. And so, so many things happened, but yeah, like the, the place that I stayed at is close to where you both live and, um, Gower street, I think that's like the exit that I take. Um, and under the bridge, there's like, from what I remember and coming, like, it looks like it had tripled or, you know, quadrupled the number of people. And it's like, yeah, people have like, it looks like they set up their own shop. Like I've, yeah. I've seen Skid Row and it looks mm-hmm. similar, but it's just, it's so, I don't know. Like the, the I wealth. I that today. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The shop. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it <laughs> other yeah. than like, yeah, capitalism. I don't think there should be billionaires. Yeah. And if you live in a country, you should be taken care of, especially like, even if you can't pay taxes, even if, you know I mean? Right. Like there's probably a reason why someone may not be able to fit into society the same as someone else. But mm-hmm. I don't know, there's so much money to go around and space and like right. bedrooms and bathrooms. That right. I, I think that should be like mm-hmm. a part of the dignity that we give to humans is that they mm-hmm. should have all those things mm-hmm. I so agree and on the note of taxes it's like our our president doesn't pay taxes and hasn't so it's yeah. like yeah we shouldn't that shouldn't you know be the be the case <laughs> right that shouldn't yeah. be the case at all but also oh it's just I mean as an empath like mm-hmm. I feel their pain and how they're just human beings mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm it's really crazy because my attacker we pretty much know was homeless. I guess I don't know Mm -hmm. for sure because I haven't had a conversation with him, but Mm -hmm. like it seemed like he was transient as they said. So like houseless or homeless. And I can empathize with him for that. Like from day one, I could empathize with him for that because Mm -hmm. no, no human should be, especially Mm -hmm. in a country like this that has so much wealth. It's just Mm -hmm. hoarded. I think it's really immoral to like be a millionaire, even not even just a billionaire. I think even over like having assets over a million, I think that's immoral. Mm. And I know that's a strong stance and that people might be shocked by that. But if you do the research (laughs) into how many people are hurt by amassing that wealth, it's immoral. Mm. I don't want to be a millionaire. It's crazy. I used to grow up thinking doing mash 
you know, mansion, <laughs> apartment, shack, house, and like mm. how much money you'll have. And it's like, I dreamed of being a millionaire and I was jealous of the rich. And now it's like, no, I just want enough money to do, to, to keep helping people and do good. Like, mm. I don't think it's moral. And, and I, I'm down to get radical. <laughs> I am down to get <laughs> radical. I will kick the sign harder next time. <laughs> I should have kicked it harder. <laughs> My job. Easy, easy. <laughs> Uppercut. <laughs> I want to punch the signs. <laughs> I don't know. I also think integration is important um, because yeah. like if you if you create an environment, I, I always think about New York City is like everyone walks on the same streets or yeah. like the subways and like people are integrated, but then the invention of the suburb and the people who move out of the cities, mm-hmm. um, like they, like section eight housing is an example of like, you know, we could build all this housing and put money into it, but which community is going to be the one to, to sponsor that and allow it to be there because they always say, Oh, well, this will create more crime. This will do the, like, and it's always looking at like the bad parts of it instead of looking at like, Oh, if you have a home, you're more likely to be able to do these things and invest in yourself and your family. And yeah, it's just, I, I wish that there wasn't such a separation of, you know, people themselves being like, I have to be different because I have more money. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The great separator, the dollar. <laughs> I mean, even looking at our money, it's like we had the Susan B. Anthony coin for a limited time. We had the Sakura coin for a limited time, but also who uses coins? No one. And they were like, they're not even in production anymore, I think. And it's still just all the white men on these, on these, mm. on, on the, the paper money. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry, it's not very like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm not being optimistic right now. I am. <laughs> I am premenstrual. It's just how you feel. It's just how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. But I'm trying to make change. I'm trying to help be part of the change, you know, by talking about it too and making people fucking think. Making Mm. people think who don't, people who don't live in cities, who are listening to this, who don't see homeless maybe. Start thinking about that. Start thinking about how money separates you. Mm. <sighs> Times are tough. So, Leah, how did you grow up? <laughs> um, rich. <laughs> rich <laughs> yeah. 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 I grew up in Pennsylvania, upper middle class, but it, that's what my parents said, but it was probably upper class. Um, I think they were humble. So, I definitely was very privileged with my childhood, but I, you know, not everything's perfect. Right. It was also like a lot of turmoil and, um, religion and mental illness and, you know, a lot of chaos that led me to this work of being a witch and an empath and trying to live just a better way. You don't need to be angry and sad your whole life. Mm. Which a lot of people in that stuck in that, um, paradigm, I guess they, they think that that's the only option is to fit into the roles that have been assigned to them. Wife, housewife, you know? Mm. What paradigm is that? What do you mean? Pen- like Pennsylvania, mm. where I grew up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like rich suburb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I'm very grateful for it. And I love my family, obviously, but you know, it's complex. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, not, but it's like, and yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, um, I think it's cool if you can talk more about that, you know, being a privilege, being everyone on this conversation is privileged in that Mm -hmm. we are white and we've participated in this system that promotes Mm -hmm. whiteness. So we Mm -hmm. are privileged and you being from a wealthy family, like, like, yeah, it's the, and like you're privileged Mm -hmm. and you're trying to Mm -hmm. um, change or pay attention so that you're trying to not be as separated as maybe your parents are. Mm -hmm. They're kind of in their own worlds. Right. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. That's how someone can not notice these problems is because. Mm -hmm. And it's why they're okay with turning a blind eye because they don't have to see it and it doesn't affect them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you Mm -hmm. could FaceTime them the next time you volunteer or something. I don't know, like expose wow. people to like the true world because the money really does separate you. Mm-hmm. Like, Good point. They're not going to choose it. The people who are sitting in that comfort are probably not going to choose to be di- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We have to make them uncomfortable, you guys. <laughs> Radical. <laughs> Radical. Yeah. I think. Radical, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of the term reparenting? Yes. Yeah. I've been reparenting myself for a few years since I started therapy and heard that. Oh yeah. What what do you think about work? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've just been listening to a lot of like podcasts like you guys. (laughs) And, and that comes up a lot about like how, Mm -hmm. like once you get to adulthood, like you're going to have trauma that you have to look back Mm -hmm. on and then just be the parent that like, like not to say anyone's parents are, you know, bad, but to say like everyone's imperfect. Yeah. And like going back and being like, what did I need? What do I need? And then doing that, but also like the grace to like talk to like your parents and be like, you know, it's okay. (laughs) Like they, like like, they were messed up by their parents and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's so important to reparent yourself because when actually you feel whole, you won't, fuck up your kids maybe as bad as your parents did right or, you know I yeah think like no parent is capable of giving their child exactly the love they need so we're all going to yeah. end up with that mm-hmm. that need to reparent like you said Virginia mm-hmm. it's just such an impossible task mm-hmm. um yeah I think I reparented myself in um finding a positive supportive circle of friends. Like I've basically created my own family mm-hmm. in LA as a way of reparenting myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've, I've reparented. Awesome. Yeah. I've been like reparenting with um, like letting my anger come out and like doing exercises of like writing an angry letter that I of course mm. burn and don't send to anyone, but um, about what I what I needed that I didn't get in childhood and stuff. Mm. Oh, I sent one of those once. Oh, <laughs> you sent it. Radical. I sent it to my mom. It was talk about radical. It did change a lot of things. Seriously, hey, hey it was like I, I'm standing up for myself, and you don't get to treat me this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, sometimes it needs. Did she hear you? 
Um, yeah, it was still weird. Like she wrote me a letter back and then my dad handed me the letter and watched me read it. So it was like, even that alone is like so codependent and, um, invulnerable. But ever since then, like our relationship is better. She doesn't treat me as shitty and she now knows where I stand, which is the best part of it because Mm. I no longer have to put up a facade or act like what she says is okay if it's not. That's good. Mm -hmm. Standing in your truth by standing up to her. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. I have a lot of that that I need to do. <laughs> like you're talking about writing letters. I'm like, oh man, I sh-. like my parents and I have never been through therapy together. I've always been uh, like independent for different therapy reasons. Mm-hmm. And I like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, I hold on to some of those like traumatic events. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, my mom, I think she has a lot of guilt because she'll always say like, oh, I know I messed you up, mm-hmm. um, but we never really talk like in depth about how, how it affected me. Mm. And I would be curious if, you know, she would be open to talking about it. So maybe writing a letter is a good idea. Hey. Yeah. Inspo. Mm -hmm. Mommy pen pals. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Virginia, have you ever been to a psychic and, or have you ever had a spooky experience? Ooh, I have been to a psychic in um, Cleveland. There was one right next to this awesome restaurant called Nam Pen, mm-hmm. like a Cam- Cambodian place. Um, so I was probably more food motivated at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a food high. Um, but yeah, I went upstairs and she did like a palm reading for me and then like told me told me a lot of things that <laughs> I kind of already knew about my personality and when I was asking about, I asked about my grandma because my grandma was a part of raising me and wanting to know, like, can, can you channel her like Sylvia Brown, <laughs> which turned out to be not real, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, the experience was fun. Um, I don't know how much I like took away from it. And I, I mm. thought a lot about like how I would love to go back to a psychic and know more now. And like, I like the idea of knowing the future <laughs> cool. or, you know, things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But have you what about this? Psychic yeah. Story? What about the spooky experience? Um, man, I'm trying to think of like, there's a lot that revolve around like Angie and I. Yeah. Um, mm. we did, yeah. We traveled to Ireland. Um, it's almost been 10 years now, I think. Wow. Um, we did like a, a girlfriend's trip and we drove around the whole country and we would stop in hostels. And there was this one hostel that really looked like a place that someone would get murdered. <laughs> And there happened to be this, like, traveling circus of people that were staying there, so, like, body contortionists and stuff. And I just remember Angie and I sleeping in the same bed (laughs) because we were so freaked (laughs) out. And, like, like, it it was more just, like, haunting because that night going to bed, I was like, if we don't wake up and our body parts are spread around, like, Ireland somewhere, like... This is the end. This is it. And luckily we woke up and the guy who ran the hospital, I think it was one of those, like, 
he looked like someone out of a horror movie. (laughs) I'll never see him again. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So like, that was the first thing is getting in and just seeing this guy who looked like he, you know, had an ax in his bedroom and, you know, did weird stuff. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's the only like, like really spooky thing that I can think of is we survived the hostel after the movie hostel came out and yes. I watched that and I was like, Oh, no more hostel. Dude, <laughs> one scene from that movie <laughs> fucked me up. Whoa. Yeah. It was so scary. Uh, yeah. Gory, gory, yeah. gory, super gory. Well, I think you're about to get another experience right now. <laughs> Ooh, I'm ready Are, and open for it. Oh, love to hear that. What would you like to ask about? I have two ducks sitting by. So something that I've been focusing on a lot is fertility. Mm. And so um, I've been doing all the fun test strips where I accidentally pee on my hand a lot. <laughs> and I do that too, and I'm not even taking a test. <laughs> I'm in my ovulation window right now, which is a funny thing to be like, all right, husband, let's do it. Yeah, the window is open. The window is open, yeah. So I guess um, thinking about that and, you know, whether or not that will come to fruition. Mm. Love it. Okay, I'm shuffling. I picked up the Goddess Guidance Oracle deck by Doreen Virtue. Okay, that's what I was thinking for this. Yeah. All right. Let's all breathe. Hold it. (sighs) Immediately Maeve cycles and rhythms was coming to my head. We're obviously the fertility card. We shall see. Star, I want to say it's fertility. Does Virginia need to know about fertility? Oh, it's this one. Oh, Mott. Oh. Fairness. When you said, oh, I heard Mott. That's crazy. Really? Yeah, I heard Mott. Okay. Whoa, cool. Okay. Yeah, this situation will be handled in a fair and just manner. Hmm. Let's see what Mott has to say. So I'll describe the card for you. It's um, the color is blue, and then there's like an Egyptian goddess. Um, she has like a feather headband and there's doves all around her. One, two, three, four doves, three lilies. Um, there's like a psychic eye, two feathers and yeah, it's very Egyptian. Beautiful. She's holding up, um, a scale Mm -hmm. like the Libra fairness, you know? Okay. Here's what Mott has to say. Let me suggest another definition for fairness. It's when all parties involved surrender their personal agendas in favor of the greater good for the entirety of the group. This requires trust in the wisdom of the whole. When it comes to matters of disputes, the attacks are based on fears that you may not receive your share. Yet, attacks amplify the hurt and the pain that caused the dispute in the first place. Why not surrender your attachment to a specific outcome and instead direct your holy will toward the resolution of the argument? Hold a firm vision of a peaceful outcome and let the pieces fall into place in a harmonious manner. Various meanings of this card. A lawsuit will be resolved 
A dispute will end harmoniously. You'll be treated fairly. Keep everyone's needs in mind during negotiations and release guilt and shame as the emotions can attract a punishing attack. Fairness, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how does that feel? What does it make you think of? I think that after all of the fake abortions that I had, um, <laughs> I am getting a baby. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like what this says too is like release guilt and shame, and you know, oh, there's yeah. so much guilt and shame that women in general have. Um, so I think that everyone could use some of that relief. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I want to read this about Matt. Matt is the Egyptian goddess of integrity, fairness, and justice who holds a scale that measures souls against a feather at the time of death to detect any heaviness from guilt. Whoa. Matt protects us in business and personal relationships, ensuring that we're treated fairly and honorably. Call upon her before signing any contract during a dispute or whenever you feel guilty or remorseful. Well, interesting that she has to do with like souls sort of and like Mm. judging at death and you're talking about fertility, which is related to birth. Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of guilt. So like that's something that I think about is um, my past. Like Mm -hmm. I, I always have that like weight of like the universe because of me being possibly a a crappy human, the action (laughs) of doing crappy things could come Mm -hmm. back and say, you know, like you can't get the things that you want sometimes. And I have to refocus that and be like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, there's a lot of things that I want that I know that I deserve and mm-hmm. keeping that focused. Yeah. I relate to that so much. It's like self-forgiveness is really important, even though it's challenging at times. Mm-hmm. And like, think about Rachel's mom. It's like, just cause we've been, we did something in the past or, or did something a certain way before. It's like, we can always change our minds and yeah. grow and evolve. And we're meant way- to do that. Yeah. And this card is definitely telling you to release that guilt. And it's said over and over, there will be a harmonious outcome. Mm-hmm. I hear your aunt CC playing the harp right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, she was the one who got my mom into that pro-life group. I just, I found that out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the harp we just picture her doing the harp yeah (laughs) that's funny well thank you matt i'm gonna close the car yeah thank you guys for having me thank you thank you virginia you radical (laughs) leader we're gonna go pick some signs tonight (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) virginia where can people find you if they want to connect with you um, on my phone number, which is no, no. <laughs> um, I got off of all social media. I watched the social dilemma and had a social dilemma. <laughs> um, so I am nowhere, but I'm definitely, I guess my email, um, <laughs> if people ever want to, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, no one can get a hold of me actually. So Great. off the grid. <laughs> Lisa, love it. Yep. Lisa, you can't get a hold of her. And don't worry, you're not our first guest who's been uh, pulling out of the matrix and decided, mm-hmm. nope, you can't find me. 
And I, I honestly, yeah. I'm like, I'm like more power to you. I'm so here for it for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hell yeah. So. Good. Well, let's wrap up with a basic blessing, something we're each grateful for today. I'm grateful for my car being able just to take me places. Mm. I'm grateful to hear that you volunteered, Leah. I think it's Aww. it's really like awesome that someone, especially who did, does mm-hmm. have like a wealthy background, is making the choice to interact and try to make change and use your time to volunteer because you have the gift of time right now. And I'm grateful that you did that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's a good example. I'm grateful for the time. I I forget about interaction with people. It's <laughs> 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 hard. But like I I recently like met up with a coworker and um we had like a social distance lunch and like we didn't even like talk too much about anything but like mm-hmm. just the interaction and mm-hmm. especially being around women and knowing mm-hmm. like what's going on and what people are doing like you guys doing the phone bank stuff or the texting mm-hmm. and all of that and getting out there and you know fighting for what's right that makes mm-hmm. me really grateful to hear all of that mm-hmm. thank you yeah it's such a important time right now in our country and in the world yes Let's Love you, radical. witches. We're going to change it. Let's get yes. Radical. Let's go. <laughs> Love you guys so much. Love you. Thank you, Love Virginia. You. This was awesome. I'm going to hit my bowl and, yeah. and one last celebration with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit my dope pen. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yay. I'm going to hit stop recording. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.